ostensibly a baseball podcast ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us tonight is tuesday september the 15th 2020 coming at you from champaign illinois my name is joel with me tonight as per usual is sam sam how's it going hey joel i'm doing good i'm coming at you as usual from brooklyn new york uh and my hot take tonight is that this podcast may sound a little different to you tonight um, because we're trying out a new uh, microphone and recording program. So hopefully everything's going to be a lot clearer uh, and you'll get a much clearer dose of our voices that you love so much. Um, or or it might not work at all and this is not being recorded and you're not hearing this at all. <laughs> Which would not be the first time that's happened. Right. <laughs> right. We'll just add that to the library of podcasts that never got recorded. We're up to probably like 30 hours. At least <laughs> into the abyss. Uh, yeah, totally. Cool. Um, also, uh, returning guest uh, joining us tonight, Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? It's going great, Joel. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm coming to you from the ashy ruins of the Pacific Northwest. And my hot take is that the Miami Marlins and the Chicago Cubs were both qualified for the playoffs, and the Miami Marlins will defeat the Cubs in two games. Ooh, that's a hot take. Our Cub listeners are not going to like that. Uh, yeah, I think Sixto Sanchez is uh, going to dominate. And I think aside you, Darvish, I don't think they got it. I, th- I, think, I think Miami can take them, so that's my hot take. We'll nice. See. That's the, the Boatman game also. Oh man! I, yeah, <laughs> that would have been a great tie-in to this hot take. That's a good game. Oh man, uh, my what aunt, year was that? Ninety-seven. Oh, I wanted to say oh three. Oh, was that? It was the one of the two years that the Miami, uh, the Florida, quote unquote, Florida Marlins uh, won the World Series because fact check this. The Marlins have never lost a playoff series in their franchise history. I read that. That was the only... Oh, they've never lost a series. Because I believe they've made the playoffs twice in their franchise history, and they won the World Series both times. 97 and... An astute assessment. I agree with that. And I'm sorry, I was distracted because I was trying to find the Bartman incident, and it was indeed in 2003 at Wrigley Field. Yeah, and they won the World Series in 03, 97 and 03. So it's a 17-year anniversary. It doesn't quite have any cool ring or any good narrative. But that still would be fun if they did that again. But there are no fans in the stands, so there are no fans who can rob the Cubs of home runs. The Cubs have no one to blame but themselves. There you go. (laughs) Oh, man, that would be fun. Shout out to all of our Cubs fans. Um like I said, my name's Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My hot take, last weekend, college football got coronavirus suspended for the most part, including scheduled Ohio State at Oregon. I got a notification from my old Twitter account that I never use anymore that somebody liked a tweet I made from 2012 that says, 
I'm looking forward to Ohio State at Oregon in September of 2020. I and saw that. that that made me so sad. That made me so sad for so many reasons. <laughs> That's, I'm not laughing at your sorrow. But kind of. <laughs> Ah, ah, the Ducks would have been so good this year. So sad. Well, I mean, even if it wasn't for coronavirus, though, wouldn't the Ducks not be playing because of the fires? Exactly. So it's like it doesn't even really matter. that. I don't, I don't know, though. The Mariners played and forged on yesterday before canceling their game apparently tonight, but uh, they forged through a doubleheader in uh, AQI levels of the high 200s, which is, is uh, in the hazardous uh, section of the AQI index as far as its res- uh, effect on the human body, but they decided to play two extraneous or you know athletic events in the outdoors in the air quality like that, and got a lot of heat. And I think that's why they canceled tonight too. Yeah, that's Maybe. like smoking a pack of palm all the day, right? Yeah. You no, know, I was looking at. Sorry, I was looking at. I because I was. I thought it was. I I was like, eh, it's like two cigarettes. Uh-huh. But, but it turns out it's more like 7.3 I saw somewhere. Oh, that's quite a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, seven so it's and, like you know, you're like... just evening the playing field with like Babe Ruth. You know what I mean? <clears throat> it's like you hit 700 home runs and smoke like 16 cigars a day. Yeah. And like... <laughs> Didn't hurt him. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> no flake. If you... Yeah. If you ever wanted to see how you'd stack up against those players of old, just go play baseball on the West Coast right now. While you're drunk. Get drunk and go play baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Get drunk, get syphilis, and then go play baseball on the West Coast right now. I was just going to say I do manual labor, and I've been working full days the last two days of this week, so that's almost there, but I'm not drunk when I'm doing it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That sounds terrible. I'm sorry. At least I'm not according to the boss. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay. Um, it's not that bad. I don't really notice that I smoked like 20 cigarettes a day for like 20 years. So. Right, right. I was just thinking, are you guys getting that, that hacker's cough when you wake up in the morning? Uh, you know, I was kind of poo-pooing it, and then I woke up this morning, and I was like, <laughs> like oh, God. So I, it's it's pretty gross, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling myself it's just really foggy. <laughs> oh, man. That's sad. Yeah, it's just like, it's <laughs> like it's uh, little spicy little fog little. is what it is. Yeah, you, you want to avoid, like, the existential crisis that goes along with a burning earth and a, like, tragically downward spiral of a economy and social system. But, you know, we try not to think about that. So that's why we have baseball podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's why um, we are now more than ever important to America. We might save America. We're he- I don't want to say we're the real heroes, but we're the real heroes. We're the right. real heroes. Essential. Yeah. Essential. I don't want to say that we're the real heroes, but somebody better fucking make a statue of us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I want something for them to tear down in 10 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bankruptcies are unearthed. Oh man! Um, yo, be sure you to check out last week's episode. We had Thomas on. We did. Uh, we talked about the AL East. We talked about the NL East. We talked a whole lot of shit about the New York Yankees, who then fucking went on. They haven't lost since then. What the fuck? 
I, well, I, I, I'm first no, noting that I think I'm, I'm a semi-regular appearer, appearer now, so that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's also it should be known that if I'm going to semi-regularly appear on this podcast, that I have a stone-cold habit of jinxing whatever team I talk about. So <laughs> yeah. anytime I say something that's awesome and it should keep happening, it's going to stop. So if, the Yankees should have seen this coming just like everybody else. Oh, see, I was going to take the blame for coasting reverse coasting the Yankees, but if you All right, you root for the White Sox, I root for the Mariners. What do you think? That's a good point. That's a good <laughs> point. Um, but 98 years is less than never, so there you go. Um, 98 years since the Sox have... No. No, they went 98, I think. I should know this, but I don't know it. 07 to 05. They won in 05. They beat the... They won in 05, yeah. They won in 05. Um... So yeah, we always got that to hang our hat on. Um, let me go well, do there our. There you show. go. There you go. Uh, let me give shout outs. We had actually a lot of fucking listens, which is awesome. Thank you, everybody. Make sure you tell your friends about it. Uh, shout out Bend, Oregon, Muhammad, Illinois, Providence, Rhode Island, Tulsa, Romania, Istanbul, Mount Vernon, New York, Philadelphia, Barcelona, Spain, Ramsey, New Jersey. San Francisco, California. Did you guys see the the footage of San Francisco set to the soundtrack of Blade Runner? What? No. I didn't see that. It's pretty fucking sad sad and happy at the same time because they had the whole orange tinted sky for days and days on end. Maybe I did see something like that. And so somebody took like drone footage of flying through San Francisco 2020 and just put that to the Blade Runner soundtrack. Oh, God. Yeah. It's gross in San Francisco. It's terrible. It's pretty bad here, too. I took pictures today that was like, I could actually, we had actually a moment of blue sky today, and it was kind of like, (gasps) like this weird moment of like, like post-apocalyptic, like, oh, this is what we enjoy now. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever, we're fine. Baseball. Baseball. Well, let's, yeah, baseball is happening. Literally everything is on fire. It was a really nice day here in New York. There you go. There you go. It was like, felt like fall, you know, it was like cool and breezy. Yeah. It was nice here. Crisp. It was like, it was like a, it was like if you left your electrical blanket, like plugged in for like a day and a half and your cat got onto it like an hour before and then you put it on you and just like covered yourself in it. That's sort of what it feels like outside right now. Or maybe there's more liquid to it though. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that sounds really uh, intense. That was probably not a really direct metaphor. Well, that sucks. So hopefully we're going to give somebody a little bit of happiness and joy in their lives by listening to Three idiots talk about baseball for an hour. Um, so let's do that. Three idiots. At least three of us will get joy out of it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, I want to get into the headlines. Uh, this first one is kind of an ongoing uh, dub on the up. We're doing like true crime investigation into this uh, topic. So I just wanted to bring it up. We're going to do a deep dive at some point because I was re- I was doing research earlier today. Steve Cohen, billionaire hedge fund uh, financier, has reached a deal to purchase a majority stake in the New York Mets. The deal was agreed upon yesterday between Cohen and the current majority owners, the Wilpon family, 
and the Katz family. But the deal is still pending the approval of 23 of the 30 MLB owners. Per SNY, Cohen will buy 95% of the Mets, who are currently valued at $2.475 billion. Using math, we can deduct that Cohen will be paying approximately $2.35 billion for the honor of being the new King of Queens. Question, will Cohen be able to change the culture in Queens? I just want to bring up real quick that that $2.35 billion is about a quarter billion dollars less than his offer was at the in the beginning of the year that fell apart. And that was only for 80% of the team. So, right. <clears throat> um, you know. That's the math. That, that's the, uh, the Wilpons business savvy at play right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, maybe it's just a hedge fund manager, you know, shorting, the, shorting his, his investments. Well, I mean, I can imagine that a lot of investments have gone down in value in the last six months or uh, uh yeah no totally but it's just the will we've know. talked a lot about the will puns on this ca- on this podcast and like this is just such a classic will pond move just sell at the bottom of the market well it's like they they like had a deal <clears throat> and then they fucked it up and then they ended up making a deal with the same person and they ended up getting less money and giving away more of the Mets. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I, went, I went the wrong direction. I was, I thought I thought uh, yeah. Sorry, that was my mistake. Yeah, because they were going to retain twenty percent control or like ownership, and they were going to get it was I think two point six billion dollars. He the offer was, and now they're getting less than that, and they're only going to have five percent of the Mets now. Yeah. Right. I got turned around on that one. That's that's savvy movement by what's his name, Steve Cohen, and <laughs> pretty shitty business dealing by the Wilpon. I guess if you guys already are, have it yeah, covered, I, it sounds like yeah, it's hard to imagine billionaires being that bad at business. But certain, the, the terms must have changed, and I think ultimately he probably was pissed because he got the deal fell apart. But I don't know. Okay. I know. Well, the Wilpons have also fallen for more than one Ponzi scheme. So. Uh huh. <laughs> so, uh, no, so then the question then is if he's going to change the culture in queens i mean people love business dudes that take advantage of other business dudes i mean that's america well apparently queens like mets fans are really excited about cohen because he's so rich right um and, and he's from and he's from there he's from new york yeah right is he from queens stanford connecticut i think <clears throat> or that's where his that's you know where his offices are. He grew up in New York, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he so what was I gonna say? Oh, the Mets fans are pumped because he's so rich. Um and the Wilpons, like ever since they lost all their money in the Bernie Madoff scandal, the Mets have been, you know, in the middle of the league payroll wise. Um and, you know, Mets fans believe, maybe rightly so, that since they're in the biggest, like, sports market in the country, that they, you mm-hmm. know, their team should reflect that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they That's and they think, that, they think that this guy Cohen's going to bring that to them. And is our, is our 
general opinion that he's not going to bring that to him. I mean, I, we've talked poorly about this guy because he's a seems kind of like a. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm never trusting of a solid gold businessman. You know, like that just seems like a right. creep dude. But uh, as a n- native of the area, a possible fan of the team with a lot of money, yeah, lifelong fan. Yeah, so then why shouldn't Mets fans be excited about that? That seems like the best possible, best case scenario for Mets fans. I mean, assuming that he could get less baseball people run it, you know what I mean? I think I think people are going to be excited about what they hope is the best possible outcome. Whether this dude actually delivers, you know, comes down to the people that he surrounds himself with. Yeah, let me read. I'm, I'm one, I bookmarked this New York Times article. Let me read these two paragraphs to you guys, and I want your hot takes on this. With a net worth of $14.6 billion, according to Forbes, the 64-year-old Cohen will be the richest owner in baseball. As a lifelong Mets fan, he's probably eager to make his mark. That is good news for free agents like Philadelphia Phillies catcher J.T. Realmuto, Houston Astros outfielder George Springer, and Cincinnati Reds starter Trevor Bauer, all free agents after the season. But is it good news for Mets fans? The short answer is yes. More money means more choices. But consider the American League West, where two franchises, the Oakland Athletics and the Los Angeles Angels, mirrored the Mets as the second team in a major market. The A's will soon clinch their sixth playoff berth in the last nine seasons. In that same period, the Angels have made the playoffs just once, despite significantly outspending Oakland every year. So that was a sick bone of the LA Angels by the New York Times. The LA Angels are probably reading that article and being like, what did we do? <laughs> God, sorry. We <laughs> break quarantine. My trout's good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I mean, obviously, spending more. We're asking a lot of questions here at this point. Like, will, will Cohen be able to change the culture in Queens? Like, if he wins, he'll be able to change the culture in Queens. Now, is winning going to be involved spending a bunch of money on free agents? Okay, but free-age? I don't think that's true, though, because the Mets have won World Series before. <clears throat> like, I don't know if you listened to when uh, we did a B-Block book club, Thomas, about the Mets, what, first inaugural season, right? It's called Can Anybody Here Play This Game? Right, yeah. That was 62, and then they won in 69. Right. Yeah, so, they were like original Marlins. Yeah, the first year that the Mets were a team, they lost the most games in like modern baseball history. Yeah. Still, yeah, they were notori- like notoriously terrible. <clears throat> and ever since then, they've just been kind of like, you know, they get good, and but then they just like completely in, like self destruct. So like the amazing Mets won the World Series. That team never like did anything after that. Amazing, you know, amazing, amazing Mets in '86. Well, I thought that well, they no sixty nine. Oh, sixty nine. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. That's sixty yep. nine. Sixty nine. And then they were, you know, right. doing were all that blow in the eighties, and they won the World no, Series. They had, a, they had a good run. They had good picks, and they did good stuff in the in the late eighties. Yeah, and then they had like the Piazza run at the like in the whatever in the nineties, and then they just did like one. I feel like they have another World Series. Oh, against uh, Kansas City. Kansas they City. They haven't won the World Series since 86. They've been there twice. Lost right. to the Yankees and then lost <clears throat> to uh, Kansas City. But it's well, like always, their their success is always like a flash in the pan. It's always like fleeting. 
yeah, they they like have this weird way of kind of. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what it is. I I because I, I rem- well, I mean, I, I I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> tell us. <laughs> oh, please wait. Hold on, you guys. He's gonna tell us what it is. <laughs> but it, David Murphy in two thousand and we brought them to the to the World Series. You know what I mean? Like they get there's enough energy in New York. I think there's kind of like this where you know, and I mean, I like to shit all over any kind of like New York narrative that goes like the big lights, the bright lights, and you know, and it's like, but you do see kind of like there is a sort of there's some kind of cerebral element to baseball that lends itself to sort of like po- like positive reinforcement. You can sort of see the way that players interact with the fans, how it affects them. And I think that, you know, I, I'm, it doesn't, it won't change a good player to a bad player necessarily, but I think it can get people going for a minute. And like David Murphy is notoriously streaky, but he carried that fucking Mets team to the world series. I right. Thought that year. And, and I think, but, and I think that you'll have that happen with something like that, but they didn't, you know, they're, they're the building blocks for the Mets has never been very smart. And, I guess that was kind of where I was going with my first comment was like, is he going to show up and spend a bunch of money on free agents or is he going to get some, I mean, well, there's two ways of going. He's going to get good baseball people, whether he gets, you know, sabermetrics people that are into advanced statistics or he goes more for like kind of a, a traditional scouting route, but you know, you'll see what happens. And, and, and one of either one of those ways sometimes works, but I, I think that I ultimately think that winning will will make the Mets a viable baseball team and a viable market, but I never think they will supersede the Yankees in New York. Right. Well, not in popularity, but they could be a better baseball team. Oh, for sure. Um, You know, you look at, like, you know, the you look at what's happening in the NBA in New York right now, and they move the Nets to Brooklyn... And then they, like, put all this money into, like, this is the cool Brooklyn team, and now the superstars want to go play in Brooklyn. And not they don't want to play at Madison Square Garden. For the Knicks, they're coming to Brooklyn to play at the Barclays Center. And, you know, that's like, if you tried to tell me five years ago that the Brooklyn Nets were going to be the cool, like, the, the New York team that, like, when people want to come play in New York they want to play in Brooklyn, I'd tell you to go fuck yourself. But like... No, wait, okay, so if someone had said to you, it was more than five years ago, that the, that Jay-Z was going to buy the team and move it to Brooklyn, and they were going to be cooler than the Knicks in five years, there's no way you would be like, I don't think so. You'd be like, uh, No, but like, <laughs> this is like a Knicks town, you know? The Knicks haven't been exciting since Patrick Ewing, I don't feel like. Right. And they've never, and they've had to, they've had to go against the the Yankees in baseball and football, which has the Jets and the Giants, and everybody loves Eli. I mean, he got some, you know what I mean? Like, the, I don't know. I think that I think. Uh, I'm just telling you, like, you know, I basketball, New York basketball culture, like the Knicks, Madison Square Garden, you know, Spike Lee yeah, no, sitting on right the here? on the front row and like screaming at people, and it's a whole thing. It's the garden. Yeah. And to say and to say that like Kevin Durant doesn't want to play at Madison Square Garden, he wants to play at the Barclays Center, that would be like a crazy thing to say a few years ago. And like, like Jay Z was like... only involved for like a year. Like he was only facilitating the sale of that team and immediately yeah, like matter, sold his yeah. stake because he huh. has a sports agency. Oh, he doesn't have he doesn't have any more stake in that team? 
No, he might own a piece of the Barclays Center, but he has he has a like whatever his he has an agency, and it's a conflict of interest. He can't be an owner and own and an agent. So oh, the Nets the Nets are just owned by the Russian mafia now. Right, exactly. Okay. Well, this end of the podcast. Hello, Russian mafia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep uh, keep sending those sex bots <laughs> to listen to our that. podcast. <laughs> I'm drinking vodka. <laughs> Here, I've been looking for a reason to drink this shot of vodka. I isn't drinking anymore. Dosvidanya. So. To you, Russian. Our brothers. You can have the election. I don't care. Just stop the world from burning. Right. <clears throat> My thing about Cohen, I mean, I think... He's got a really difficult needle to thread, which is he's got to be smart, right? Right. And, and build the team up smart and surround himself with quote-unquote baseball-minded guys, you know, whether that means Sabre metric guys or not, I don't know. But he's also, like, going to have to spend his money. Otherwise, the fan base will turn on him quickly. And the closest parallel I could – well, maybe this is bad. I'm thinking of the Cubs, Right. Because we talked last week, is tanking good or bad? Like, do you want to do what the Houston Astros did and tank for multiple seasons in a row and then get good? Is there a way to, like, not become an absolute garbage fire of a team and still be able to build from inside out? Or is that just a pipe dream? I mean, I think that... Go ahead. I, I think that, you know... What he should probably do is spend money and like hire Theo Epstein. You know what I mean? Like give his yeah. money to somebody who is gonna like build him a a, a team that can like produce winners. Yeah, I, 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 I'm totally with Sam. I think the first move he does is hires a big name. GM, somebody yeah. that's you know somebody's going to come in and people are going to take seriously from the very get go, and then he's going to tell that guy to spend some money, and right. hopefully that guy, whoever that guy is, is you know paying attention and knows thinks about how to put the team together and doesn't just throw a bunch of money at people. I mean, you can be smart about it. you sign people down to to big contracts and then you know figure it out from there. I don't know, uh, but I mean, I, I don't think development can't be a part of it, and I think that right, I agree uh, with that too. The, the yeah. market doesn't allow that anymore. Baseball, you know, contracts are what they are now. So, right. Well, maybe actually the parallel would be the Dodgers then, because the Dodgers have a combination of dudes they brought up through their own system, and then they go out and get the big sign, the big signings to supplement that. The Dodgers might be a good example. Uh, the uh, I mean, the Angels, Angels are, are the warning story. Excuse me, the warning story because they go out and sign all these big. Free agents then suck. Well, they sign they sign free agents to go along with what is their homegrown pitching staff that is doesn't Terrible. generally has problems. They they have they have guys that they they've got an issue with development and pitching development. The Mariners have the same issue. I mean, you look at a team like the Indians and they just create pitchers out of magic. And apparently, somebody were we talking about that on the Tampa you know, Bay podcast? too. <laughs> they've simplified their mechanics. You know, it's like they're early and uh, early in their. Early in their careers, you know, you get these kids and you say, simplify your mechanics, make it something really simple that you can repeat forever for the rest of your life in, in your sleep. And then they get them, you know, they just get them to be consistent. And so all of a sudden, 
or I mean, obviously it's not, it's more to it than that, but there's some kind of development system that they have going on from a really young level where they create pitchers out of nothing and dudes come up that don't throw that hard that get people out. And uh, anyway, so they're, they're a different example, but I think the angels are probably a better parallel with like a team. Well, I mean, but who's to say what's going to happen? He's gonna right. We don't know. Right. Well, this is all wild speculation, which is what we're really good at. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Right. But I think that, like, that's how you, if you're Steve Cohen, that's how you can placate your fan base through a rebuild, like a serious rebuild. Yeah. It's like you hire somebody with a name recognition to, like, be in charge of your shit, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Who would you get to manage that team? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, uh... Alex Cora. Alex Cora. Yeah. <laughs> I was Bobby just Valentine thinking that. <laughs> or AJ Hinch, you know? He's eligible. Pete Aaron Boone. <laughs> right. Or, yeah, you get one of these young, like, name recognition was Aaron a player Boone. five years ago, guys, you know? Right. right. And then you he just have, be- like, a really strong, uh, you know, front office system that makes all the real decisions i got it rocco baldelli yeah rocco baldelli that's a good one actually from milwaukee minnesota minnesota Mm -hmm. who's the milwaukee manager because he's another one of those guys council craig council craig council yeah but yeah actually he'd be a pretty good one too well no he's not he's not made for new york that, yeah, yeah, you gotta be ready for the New York Post to come up with bad puns about you. Yeah, Rocco Baldelli is also a Boston kid, so I'm not sure how that well that would go over. Oh, he'd love to be with the Mets. He'd love yeah. to be across the town from the Yankees. Maybe. That's what I like. That's the, the one thing I think that the Mets really have going for them. They have to lean into is the fact that they're not the fucking Yankees, right? And they're in the biggest market in. America, which is a pretty impactful country. I mean, I know we've lost some standing in the world, but we're still New York City's pretty big deal. Right. And the Mets are the baseball, the second baseball team from there. So there's like, there's a huge not the Yankees market because, I mean, I'm yeah. proud of it. You know what I mean? Like I root, like I've said before, I root for the Mets. I'm pulling for the Mets. I hope this motherfucking Steve Cohen does a good job and gets right mind. You know, some smart baseball people who make good decisions and yeah. make a good team. But, well, and also, like, I feel like if you're the Mets, there's kind of should there should be some sort of sense of urgency to put a winning team around Jacob Degrom, who, let's be honest, is about to win his third straight Cy Young award. You know what I mean? And, and he's magic in a that guy's a, how old is that guy though? He's not that old, man. I think he's like twenty six or twenty. No, he's probably twenty eight or twenty nine. So, Joel, this is where in Zoom you should be able to have up your like internet thing that you're looking at and you can see the statistics you're looking at right now so i don't have to start typing too and then we all stop he's talking. 32 so talking about, these are inner secrets of the podcast everybody just pretend we're going to edit this out afterwards no we don't edit we don't edit this is a no editing podcast he's 32 oh, no. i was wrong he's a little I can older see this i know about this well no now i'm opening a tab and i'm typing okay. oh, yes. this is what i'm talking about there we go okay. he's 32 <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with Noah Syndergaard? Twenty-eight. Noah Syndergaard's twenty-eight, but is he coming back from? Um, I don't know. That guy hasn't really been very good in years. 
Noah Syndergaard? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's just really hurt. He's hurt all the time. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if he's healthy, what, what do we got? I mean, he's on the I, I'm, I'm looking at a Mets window and like you're, the concept of, of trying to find a winner with Jacob DeGrom, who at 32 and still he's still throwing 100 miles an hour and he probably got three more years of that but and could be a good pitcher beyond that. But, you know, what is what is the window of Jacob DeGrom in relation to the rest of the pitching staff? And the first person I think of is Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, Syndergaard, like you'd have to bring some new people in probably. But, like, you get Trevor Bauer, who's a free agent, pair him with DeGrom, get Syndergaard to come back. That's, like, a 1-2-3 that's pretty yeah, that, good. No, that, that, so now we're talking, you know what I mean? And maybe that, and I guess that, but that goes into spending money versus development, you know I mean? Yeah, go get a Trevor Bauer. Like, right. yeah. like how old's Trevor Bauer, you know? He's probably 30, right? Syndergaard's 26 or 27. His problem he's 28. Is he's at least 28. Syndergaard? Yeah. Okay. He was okay. Well, he spent at least part of, of the last three seasons in the minors. So that means he's gotten hurt at least once yeah. every season for the last three years. Trevor Bauer is twenty nine. Well, okay, so but here, so here you go to to the Mets though. They've had a real problem, and they've had a, actually a a pretty public problem of not developing pitchers well and overworking pitchers and breaking pitchers. Like Jacob Degrom is kind of the one who's made it through, but like Syndergaard comes to mind, Matt Harvey comes to mind. They're, they had other kind of big time prospects that have been kind of run down and blown out. And I think that you know if they can change that culture, then maybe we're talking about a, a possibility. But that involves which which kind of baseball minds he gets involved. I think the, the Mets have kind of had some. I'm sure the Mets have like an institutional. Uh, you know infrastructure so like people that are part of the system and part of the team that are have always been there hmm. so right. whether whether they come or go with this new ownership is, yeah. is really the question this is going to be to be continued and i do want to do a b block about cohen because i was doing a little bit of research today sam you already knew about his shady dealings and his shady background. Two so, billion dollars in fines for insider trading. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a whole episode on that. We got to do a homework for that one, but I'm excited about that. That's the culture he's going to bring to the Mets. Other corrupt people love that. It's a miracle. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm not arguing otherwise. That's why he belongs with the Mets, man. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the, I'm all right. <laughs> Maybe count me into the B-block. Yeah, yeah, we're letting, yeah, definitely. Gotta do your homework, though. That's actually, we oh, can't just, okay. well, we can't just pull shit out. Oh, we, we will pull you on, but that's less pulling shit out of our asses episodes. Still a lot of pulling shit out of our asses. Are we so still doing all these other things we're going to do? Yes. <clears throat> we're moving on. All right, you want me to uh, read this next one? Yeah, let's talk playoffs. All right, <clears throat> and this is big, actually. This is like breaking news. This just happened yesterday, I think, right? This was announced. Anyway, I learned about it earlier today. Major so. League Baseball is going into the bubble. The league reached a deal earlier today with the Major League Baseball Players Association for setting up the 2020 Corona Cup schedule. Uh, the first round of best of three wild cards will be played at the home stadiums of the higher seeded clubs. Then the championship series, or no, division series, right? 
Yeah, the DS, my bad, yeah. Yeah, the Division Series will be held in bubbles with the AL playing in California at Dodger Stadium in Petco, uh, Petco Park in San Diego. While the NL teams will go to Texas, fucking Texas, and play in Minute Maid Park and the new Rangers Park. <clears throat> the World Series is going to be played in uh, the new Rangers Park. And they chose that park because the Rangers are like the worst team in Major League Baseball right now. <laughs> So the question is, uh, who will be the first player to get in trouble for bursting the bubble, and how will that impact the series? First player who's going to get in trouble for busting the bubble, I got to put my money on Manny Machado. Really? Yes. And that maybe might be dependent if they're playing in Houston or playing in Dallas. Where the Padres get set. I could definitely see Manny Machado taking a couple of the young guys from the Padres out to go to like Houston strip clubs or something like that. Yeah, you know? totally. Okay, so so here I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna follow your lead, but I'm gonna go with Fernando Tatis. Yeah, you think he'll be the ringleader of that crew? See, I just think no, Machado he'll just be the one that gets caught. Manny Machado is like a veteran. <laughs> like, he's already figured out how to do it. And Tatis is like, I want to be a part of this. I'm going to party too. And it's going to be in San Diego for the first round. So he's going to be partying. Oh, right. Like, then, we'll have like Philly and Padres. Yeah. They're going to, he's going to bust it before and he's going to be suspended and the, char- and the Chargers will lose. <laughs> the Chargers yeah. will move to LA. <laughs> <laughs> I opened that door for you. I was just going to see if anybody would walk through it. I had a shot of vodka for Russia. So. <laughs> Good old Milwaukee Chargers. <laughs> okay, but so also, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm interested in the Miami Marlins. I think that they might be interesting for the, in the, in the, in the, in the round of, in the, the first two rounds, they've got. Interesting. I mean, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, we were looking, Sam and I were looking at the schedule, and we were both like, eh, Phillies are going to catch the Marlins. We were not thinking that the Marlins are going to make the playoffs. Uh, I I mean, the Marlins got shut out tonight by the Red Sox. So, like, (laughs) I don't have high hopes of them, like, even if they make it to the playoffs, like, playing against good teams. I don't really see them doing very well. I mean, they're in second in the NL East. Are they? I've got them half game behind Philly right now on my app. I've got Philly at 24 and 23, Miami at 24 and 22. Oh, no, that's a half game up. Why the hell is Philly listed before them? What the fuck, Yahoo? Making you look bad. East Coast bias. <laughs> <laughs> YahooSports.com. That's East Coast bias. Well, I, it's funny because the Phillies are already be kind of being counted as the as the qualifier. We're, we're kind of getting off track with all this, but right, right, right. Um, okay, so Miami. So, like, let's see. Okay, yeah, there's the right one. They're a half game ahead of the Phillies. Who's going to get kicked off of Miami's baseball team when they go to? L.A. or San Diego. Who even knows who's on that team? 16 Sixto. 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 Sixto.
All right, Sam, who you got getting kicked out of the bubble first? Clevenger. Ooh, that's, uh, a good one. that's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. He's, a, yeah. he's already done it before. He's like... He's on has, the Padres, too. And he's yes. on the Padres, too. <laughs> oh, holy shit. I thought you said Bellinger. <clears throat> no, no. Clevenger. Oh, Bellinger is one of those guys that, like, he only he only plays ball and, and follows the rules. You know what I mean? Like, that guy loves yeah. rules. Yeah. yeah. He's a cool guy, though. He'll do whatever. He just oh, likes, man. you know, he's like... You know, he's got a hall monitor sash. Like he's in for he probably is the one who tells on the other people who are yeah. busting out of the bubble bubble, you know? Yeah, Bellinger is the RA of the Los Angeles Dodgers. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I don't buy that for a second. AJ Pollock is the RA for whatever team he plays for. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cody I'm Bellinger not- was the one who was just so upset and said that the Astros stole the World Series from them and that they should yeah. get the World Series title, even though they didn't win. He's hella melodramatic, but he's a cool guy. He wants to be a cool guy. That's all he's done. I don't I'm think I, I mean, I don't know. His dad I was a baseball he, player, he's you know? He's going to get a bunch of chicks and he's going to break. I, I'm, I, Bellinger's my second. I, I, Clevenger's, Clevenger's an obvious choice because he's already done it. Yeah. Well, the populations, you know, they're used to smoking all the weed and putting the CBD cream on, and they're a bunch of just cool guys. Hey, man, it's a cool yeah. And they're all going to go out together and get caught. They're well, like, Clevenger clearly doesn't see, believe in coronavirus. Yeah. Like, Clevenger gets all his news from Joe West's blog. You know what I mean? Like, he's he doesn't believe. He doesn't believe in masks. Doesn't believe in coronavirus death count. He doesn't believe in it. Uh, well, then, yeah, but he's so okay. But he's not very popular. See, like the the guy that's going to break quarantine during the playoffs is the guy that's partying because he's popular, and that's going to be Fernando Tatis. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> right. I, I'm enjoying this, you guys. This is fun. <laughs> Oh, you got you're doing all kinds of cool stuff on your internet. I stopped looking at your internet and started looking at my internet. <laughs> so okay, I wanted to take a quick gander at the AL and NL playoff brackets because they're super I'm fucking confusing. I think well, they're it's making also, it's also moving a lot. Like there's things yeah. that you can figure out though, and I think that I, uh, go down to the NL. What are we talking about? The NL or the AL? Are we? Uh, I was I was just looking at the AL. Here's the NL right here. One Dodgers, two Cubs, three Braves, four Padres, five Marlins at 24 and 21, so I don't know when this has been updated, six Cards, seven Phillies, eight Giants. So the Cubs are the two seed right now. And they're going to run away with the Central, huh? Yeah, they've got the Central. The question question is how badly... Go ahead. How badly do the Cubs and the Braves want that two seed, and does it matter? Like, is there any difference between the two seed and the three seed at this point? Because you're one, two, three. Although the Padres are literally only a game and a half back of the Dodgers with no, I think, I think play. So we're looking at Cubs two, Braves three. Everybody's silent. Nobody believes that. Nobody thinks that's even possible. That the Padres will take the ANL West. Yeah. Yeah. How many times are they playing each other? 
we're playing each Ooh, other t- tonight and tomorrow at least. And then I think they have another series before the end of it, but I don't know. Nope. Tomorrow is the last game they play. Dodgers end up at Rockies versus Oakland versus Angels in the last three series. And what's the and what's the Padres? Padres end out at Seattle versus the Angels at San Francisco. Well, that's an easier schedule. They're also not going to be able to play any of those games because of the forest fires. Most forest fires are going away. It's starting to rain. Okay. Yeah, the Padres <laughs> have an easier schedule down the stretch. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it'll. It's all well. I mean, the other thing to talk about is whether Oakland without Matt Chapman can actually make the splash that they thought. I. Right. One thing I talked about earlier when we were talking about it was that the Oakland will have the. California advantage through the through the bubble rounds, which is interesting. Yeah, I I'm still I don't think they'll have that much of an advantage. Maybe staying in the same time zone, but you're there for the whole series. It's not like you gotta go back and forth. It's not like the White Sox are gonna have to go back and forth. No, they're there, but they. I also I think you know an away game is an away game. It's not like they it's not like they can go home at the end of the day. Yeah, in a three-game series, they're not going home between each game unless they're... Well, I guess nobody, nobody in Oakland has enough money to fly back and forth like that. <laughs> right. they got to leave a couple days day. ahead of you time know. just in case their bus breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Billy Bean's like, don't worry. Everybody call your own lift. I like the... I, the team so will I, not reimburse you. <laughs> I want to just interject real quickly. I saw the bubble and I was immediately like kind of irritated by it. But I think that the first round being at the home, like the the wild card games being at, in the home, higher seated home court ballpark, I think that's in. I think that's fair. And I then now I'm like kind of a fan of the bubble. So I just want to go ahead and say I want. I think we were talking about the kind of the concept of it versus the NBA. And sort of the way, because I think that the NBA's bubble has been done really well. And from, as far as professional sports are concerned, I think they did a really good job of kind of keeping that. Although you guys yeah. might agree, but yeah, I think it's a better concept for a, a, a you know public health concept. You know, it's, yeah, it's, I, I think that baseball should have done a bubble from the get go. Yeah, well, but we didn't didn't we talk about that with the, the it's the corporate sponsorship of the ballparks. Yep. There was lots of factors. That was a big one. Corporate sponsorship of the ballparks. The players did not want it, but I don't think it's fair to put it on the players. But the owners really didn't want it either. It was going right. to be Arizona and Florida. But if you just look at how the rest of the NBA season played out and the MLB season has played out, like it's a fucking ridiculous night and day sort of situation. Because, yeah. like, you know, this is a bit of ridiculous baseball season because half the teams like didn't play half the days because somebody had coronavirus and then like now everything's on fire. I, I will say I will say the one thing I will say is I'm I'm not an NBA fan. I mean uh, I'm not a not an NBA fan, but I don't follow the NBA and I don't. It's not a it's not higher. I'm it's not higher. I'm, I and I guess I kind of didn't realize that the NBA was happening on a certain but in September. It seemed like it had a really inconsequential, it had a small footprint in its kind of bubble, you know, and like hockey kind of did the same thing, but I feel like hockey kind of shortened things and just went straight into a playoff. 
but I'm also not sure exactly. Pretty close. Pretty close. It was pretty similar. Uh, the NBA had like a ten game, like because they both had to suspend their seasons halfway through the seasons. Right. So the NBA had like a ten game mini season, and then the playoffs started. Um, and where are we in the playoffs now? East we are in the conference, conference finals. So it's Celtics Heat in the East. So Eli must be happy about that. Well, yeah, but and Celtics then, lost tonight. So, so they're down. They lost Game One tonight to Miami. Who's like kind of come out? What? Game One. That was Game One. Game One just happened. Oh, Miami just won Game One just now. In the same bubble that Game Two, Three, Four, Five. Everybody's in the same bubble, and that's the advantage of basketball, right? They don't need as much space. They are all living at Walt Disney World in Orlando. Nobody, nobody leaves Orlando. But I would really, I mean, basketball is super close. Like the the contact, the, like the home court advantage in basketball is a, I would say, is a huge like that whole factor not being a part of it. Kind of, it's interesting because it's showing you how much the fans matter in sports. It's like this really weird moment where we're all kind of sitting here watching. We're all enjoying watching sports without, the, you know, like whatever, because it's something to watch mm-hmm. it's passing the time, but the concept, but, but not being able to go to the ballpark, you know, they're not being people on the sidelines at NBA games, you know, even the NFL, like there, all of a sudden we're kind of exposed to this sports without fans. And for me, I think it's probably super impactful for the athletes, and it's kind of less yeah. entertaining from a viewership standpoint. It's interesting. I, there have I mean, been some highlights. You can really hear it when the players cuss. I like that. I, I that's why I, my whole thing this time during the has been to for broadcasting to just lean into the on field. Yeah. <laughs> Turn up those mics, man. Let's. You can bleep out their swearing. It's fine, but. Just put it on like a two second delay or something like that. Yeah. Beep. Yeah. Crack. Beep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the playoffs and the NBA playoffs, like we say, they're going to go on forever and ever. So, it's going to be the West. The Lakers are awaiting the winner of game seven between the Clippers and the Nuggets. They might be playing it right now. I'm not sure. Oh, go Nuggets. Go Nuggets! Yeah, they got Jokic. They got they got. Actually, I'll, I'll root for the winner of that series against LA. Not not whatever. They're at halftime right now. The Clippers are up fifty six to fifty four on the Nuggets, and that's Game Seven. Clippers blew like a huge lead in Game Six. That if they had won, they would have won the series. So if the Clippers win, then you have the two LA teams playing each other in Orlando in the Western Conference Finals in September and October. Yep. There you go. There you go. Sam, did we lose you? No, I'm here. Are you just looking at stats on your iPad? Yeah, I'm just looking to trying to like find something interesting to say about basketball. It's really difficult. <laughs> I talk to Paul. He's really tall. Yeah, I guy's uh, super tall. They they yeah, sub him in. They sub him in. I shit you not to defend inbounds passes. <laughs> I've seen that. He's seven <laughs> six. This guy from Boston, Taco Fall, is his name. I mean, they're all tall. He's no, no. Tall. <laughs> he's he's like taller than the rest of the NBA. The way the NBA is taller than you. Okay. <laughs> seven six, I think. Oh Jesus, yeah. He's from Senegal. He's like the second tallest NBA player ever. 
He's awesome too. I really love him. There's some great videos of of he doesn't know how to swim, so the other Celtics are giving him swimming lessons while they're in the bubble. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Thomas. There he is. Those other guys are all NBA players, and they come up to his elbows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's huge. <laughs> I'm a big Taco Fall fan. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's this superhuman athlete kind of thing happening. And so the world advances. These people, these children have to be powerful enough to withstand the oncoming apocalypse. <laughs> like Aaron Judge and Taco Fall exist. You know what I mean? Right. Taco Fall, he's not even that great at that. I mean, like, he's good enough to be the, in, in the NBA. But it's also... Like, I mean, I don't want to well, get into he's, like... A he's also a rookie, NBA. I think. Yeah, he's a rookie. So give him some time. But I think ever, I mean, if you're seven foot six, you're going to be one of the best basketball players in the fucking world, period. uh, (laughs) Remember we talked last week about like what, what it must've been like for Luis Roberts to play little league in Cuba. What was it like with Taco Fall and his like high school team in Senegal? Okay. Check this, check this crazy shit out. You want to know what happened with Taco Fall? Is this guy was like on vacation in Africa where he was doing something in Senegal and he sees Taco Fall walking down the street and he's like 18 or something. And he's like, he's like, maybe I, this guy could be a basketball player and like moves him to, to his, do his senior year at some high school in Florida. Kid had never played basketball before in his life. And <laughs> this guy just spotted him and like imported him. I mean, ultimately, that's pretty. That's a good bet, actually. Like, you should like if you're ever traveling the world and you see a guy that's seven foot six, just be like, "Hey, dude, you can come live at my house. I will pay for your ticket. We'll sign some papers, and I'll get you in the NBA. <laughs> and then, like, you make a button, you know, it's your ticket to life." That was actually the plot of a Kevin Bacon movie in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so but like I, I mean I, I'm gonna lose some basketball fans here, but that's okay. When I, watched, when I the, the moment I watched Shaquille O'Neal shoot free throws was the moment when I realized that basketball is made up of giant people who can put a ball in a hoop because they're more giant than the other people. Like watching Allen Iverson is fun to watch, but basketball as a concept is so stupid because the guy that Shaquille O'Neal that can't even shoot a fucking free throw to save his goddamn life is the best basketball player on the planet. And I love Shaquille O'Neal. I think that dude's hilarious in all his foot cream ads and all his like super shit. He's I love Shaquille O'Neal. I I think he's a great guy. But I think he'd be the first person to admit that maybe he wasn't the best at shooting a basketball, but like yeah. he was one of the best basketball players on the planet by pure statistics. Yeah, no, he will admit it. He's talked about that. Basically, he he regrets that he didn't work harder. That's his excuse, you know, his, like, excuse, justification. I don't know. Like, his thing is, I was too lazy to actually work on my free throw shots because I didn't think it was important. So he never actually got better. Human being, I think he's, like, a wonderful person. But watching him shoot basketball free throws was just like, I don't, what's the point of this sport? The best player can't even shoot the ball from a free throw well, yeah, but you know that's not really his job. Sure, but like so, but he's still considered one of. The it's best like, oh, that you know, offensive yeah. lineman can't throw the football a hundred yards. Well, it's I like, think that that's fucking stupid too. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Shohei Otani is one of the baseball best baseball players in the fucking world. And he's not the best batter or pitcher, but he can do both better than anybody else on the fucking planet. And that, I think, is cool. And that's why I think that baseball should keep the DH out of the game. Take the DH out of the game. Everybody's got to be able to hit. No, I like the DH, but only in the AL. Boring and stupid. Get rid of it. Oh man! Culture is fucked. We're all good. The world is burning. We're all gonna die. (laughs) Yep. At least it will be baseball. Uh, some other shit that I had on the list that we didn't talk about. Uh, MLB is banning alcohol in post-game celebrations for the playoffs. Man, I mean, I, I'm a sucker for it because I think the like, uh, distant celebrations are cute and fun. Like when they walk a hit a walk off home run and everybody just like jumps up and down but doesn't touch anybody. I think that's nice. I like that. But uh, they should be allowed to have booze in the dugout after yeah. the game. Yeah, I think I think that I think it's cute that they've come up with fun ways to kind of get around the. I mean, it's all social responsibility. Well, yeah, I I poop on that, but I understand it's about social responsibility and trying to avoid a pandemic spread. But the 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 motivations are are uh, obviously commendable. But yeah, whatever. Cam Newton won his first game as a New England Patriot. Tom yeah. Brady lost his first game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. But I I could still see. Uh, I'm calling it. Patriots v. Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Nice. <laughs> I would watch that. Right, right. Uh, you know, this was the first weekend for NFL, and I was kind of keeping, you know, I was just watching it on the internet. I don't like watching the NFL ever, but um, people get so mad at football games online. I think football is the game that, like, motivates Americans to more vitriol and, like, pissed offness at their teams. Than any other sport. I think that's like the football fan, though. Yeah. Because I feel mm. like it's the same with college football. Mm, maybe. You may be onto something there. I don't get mad because I'm not a hater. I just think football fans are haters. Like, why right. are you watching this sport if it's just giving you the emotion of anger right now? I mean, well... <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to further alienate any football fans, but I think the whole sport's based on that concept. The violence, you mean? The violence? Yeah. yeah. If if football was an emotion, it would be anger, straight yeah. up. And it's not. I don't think people shy away from that. Yeah. Baseball is nostalgia, which makes it hard to market in 2020. Baseball's cerebral and nostalgia, which is hard yeah. to market in 2020. Yeah. The cerebral part is, it's also a pastoral, it's like there's like beautiful landscape, you know, it's like you sit there and kind of look at the, the earth and the life and you sort of sit there and experience life and football is just like bloodlust and screaming for nine right. minutes. You know? Right. Or three hours when you count the commercials and the beer. <laughs> we, we talked about that one time. That like, Sam, do you remember that? Like what fraction of an NFL telecast is actual like? Well, they did a recent. It was like a three-hour telecast. Is like football was like nineteen minutes and baseball was like twenty-three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was pathetic. But baseball, it's like, go. Do we want to get a hot dog from that guy? I don't know. Do you want to get a hot dog? From right. That guy? Right. Football's like, I have a fucking hot dog. I have a fucking goddamn Cardinals. Goddamn Cardinals. What? 
That's a random. That's like the last NFL team I ever think of. Uh, it's, it's a prediction. I think the Cardinals are going to be the toast of the NFC West. Oh, really? Ooh, that's a hot take because nobody remembers they exist. I'm just going, going, uh, going with a just a who gives a shit. Yep. Fly by night statements, uh, seeing what happens. What else did we need to talk about that we forgot about? I don't know. We're way over time. Yeah, we're over time. We're over an hour. Right, <coughs> let's cut this off. Uh, to be continued, playoffs. We have two more weeks until playoffs for Major League Baseball. It's going to get exciting. I, I'm, I'm liking it. Chicago's got the best record in the AL. There you go. Did they win again? They beat Minnesota? They beat Minnesota last night. It, it was a weird oh, game. They're up tonight. They're up 6-2 in the Six bottom of the seventh. Oh, the, I would just want to note that the Yankees beat the Blue Jays today by a football score of twenty to six. <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. And the uh, the St. Louis Coronavirals lost to the Brewers eighteen to three. Oh, ouch! Now anyway, that game's no, still going, going on. That's, that's going into the ninth inning. <laughs> Nine innings and not playing seven innings. That's a whole game. That's a real game. Yeah, it's a regular game. Yeah, the Cardinals are not playing a doubleheader. What the fuck's that about? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got the Reds could still make a run for it here in the NL Central. I, I just want to note that I'm, my fantasy baseball team is in the actual playoffs, and Joel's is in the loser bracket, although he made a good run to the... Same, both black and both fucking things. Same thing happened. Sam beat me in the last week of our league, and I'm in the consolation bracket, and Sam's in the playoffs. That's right. Uh... It, had nothing, it had nothing to do with me in our league. I'm so bad at fantasy baseball. <laughs> this has been a weird whirlwind fantasy baseball year out. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to shut this down. Sam, you about ready to shut this down? Yep. Play us out, Joel. All right. For Sam and for Thomas, this is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs> Stay safe. Goodness gracious, we're